Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to episode 145 of Courtside Indiana Podcast. We had a bonus episode we put up uh, Monday morning. Actually meant to publish that on Friday. That was rather forgetful of me. I didn't, I didn't want Kyler's good work to go to waste, uh, but it was it was good. It was probably the shortest podcast we've had, Kyler. Yeah, like and, ni- 19 minutes, right? I think, yeah, it was 19. I think, yeah, 18 and change or something like that. I guess if I add on, once you add on the bumper stuff at the beginning and maybe the ad, that uh anchor puts on there yeah uh, that's i guess is still my voice right so once yeah. you once you add the ads and the, the bumper at the beginning yeah it was probably over 19 minutes but yeah one of the shorter ones i wouldn't mind an occasional one being that short but i don't know i'd talk too damn much i guess i don't know <laughs> no but i mean that's the point that's the point of bonus episodes though right I mean, yeah that's true well that's yeah. the beautiful thing about podcasting is we could just do something real quick and, and go, we, we could have had an emergency. We, you know what, this, this, ep- we're just going to tell her this episode, we're going to do nothing but talk about the Colts. <laughs> I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> no. Okay. So we're not going to scrap our, we're not going to scrap our content and talk about the Colts. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, it's uh, I mean, I don't know if m- many people don't know this, but I'm actually a big Patriots fan, but yeah. I, uh, but so, but I mean, I like, I like the Colts. Like I don't believe in that Patriots and Colts rivalry all that much. So, you yeah. know, I watch the Colts every Sunday and everything. And, you know, my grandparents and my family are big Colts fans. So it, it it always rubs me the wrong way when I see them do bad and everything. And that was just that's just an awful, an awful yeah, I, thing to see yesterday. I grew up a Cowboys fan, so I get to keep both my allegiances. I did I did turn it. I did realize I was a prior, primarily a Colts fan when the Colts played Dallas the first time with Peyton Manning. Got it, and uh, I just found myself rooting for the Colts, and at that point, I just decided to stick with it. So, I mean, it was kind of easy to do that when they had Manning, and yeah, Cowboys weren't weren't great at the time, but I still like yeah. the Cowboys. So them, so them winning, especially the way in which they won, that was fun. Uh, but the Colts need a new offensive line coach for sure. Uh, they need somebody. They need to let the offensive coordinator call plays instead of Reich, and uh, they need to blitz more. Yeah, I agree least, with that. Or at least and, blitz some. Yeah, I agree That's with it. that. It, I think those know, three we'll, fixes. Yeah, and then, like, honestly, we'll see, you know, hopefully, you know, Shaq Leonard comes back soon um, with them, and hopefully Pittman's injury is not, you know, a long-term thing. So um, I think they'll figure it out. It's still early in the season. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Colts, they always do this. So we'll just, but it's we'll two, just see what happens. Two non-wins. They got to get those wins back. Two non-wins that they counted on. That, that yep. they bank that they banked on, yep. probably probably banking on splitting with Tennessee. Yeah, and I, I mean they got them at home first, so they obviously got to take advantage of that. If they could somehow knock off the Chiefs next game, that would be big for them. Oh, that would yeah, that would shut everybody up, wouldn't it? It'd, it'd yeah, be at, that, it would. at that point you'd be a field goal away from being two and one, and and being right where you thought you'd be. I I don't know. Hopefully. I mean, I'm not one of those guys that thinks you need to start cleaning house and stuff like that. But the the offensive line coach needs to go. He he was there the last 2 years as the line started to falter. And unless you got anything else to add, we'll move on to basketball. No, I agree with that just real quick. I agree with that offensive line coach considering how uh, you know, how talented that unit is. You can't well, you, it's, it's no excuse for that. I honestly don't know how talented it is. It is it is although the highest pay. So I said one more thing and we'd be done, right? And we and I did this. <laughs> I don't. I mean, they're not. They're not. Look, Pinter is is new to playing the, the guard position. Uh, they got to figure out left tackle. Pryor's terrible. Uh, Ryman is is obviously a rookie. I thought they think. I thought he did a good job when he got in there, but the right side of that line's terrible. And Braden Smith is highly paid. And and, and again, between him and Kelly and 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 of course Nelson, it's the highest paid offensive line in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> and that's that's with two guys probably making or two positions probably making the league minimum or, you know, something far less than what those other three are getting paid. So, Oh my God. Yeah. They, they need to do something with the right side of that line. Um, I think Ryman will be fine. He'll have an occasional rookie hiccup, but, but uh, hopefully that we've seen the last of prior, at least starting 
at left tackle. So it'd be, shoot, he was a right tackle. They moved him over. They they transplanted him from the the right side to the left side, and he was Braden Smith's backup. I think is how that went. Yeah, I believe so. Jeez. Anyway, all right. Well, back, okay, basketball, basketball, basketball. <laughs> All right, offers. We got a lot this week. Zach is, you know, I got to admire Zach working, finds a way to get this stuff done. They, they keep firing it across. I get an email every time, every time he puts something in the database, we, he and I both get an email. So uh, we, we got a lot of offers this week. Um, although I think I did something. Nope, I did it right. Okay. Starting off with Jake Davis, picked up an offer from St. Thomas, Division One school, the senior from Cathedral. Uh, Luke Almodover picked up an offer from St. Francis. Uh, of course, that's out of Fort Wayne. Anderson handed out a couple of offers this week. First one, to, maybe not the first one. Yeah, I guess the first one. Dijon Craig, from Lawrence, point guard from Lawrence Central. All these guys are seniors. Everybody we talk about during this segment is going to be seniors. Checking the list out real quickly. Uh, Preston Roberts also picked up an offer from Anderson. Uh, let's see, back down. Hunter Klein from East Noble picked up an offer from Albion. Kai Dyer picked up an, an offer from Concordia. He's a guard from Greensburg. Uh, Concordia is an NAI school. Hanover handed out a couple of offers this week, both the big men, Dylan Watson from Castle, Tyler Horton from Warren Central. Tyler also picked up an offer from Wabash. Uh, Wabash also offered Austin Willoughby from Whiteland, who is a senior forward there. Uh, Franklin offered Ben Davis uh, forward, Jesse Ferris. And let's see, I skipped over a couple here. Uh, DePaul offered uh, Julius Smith from the uh, point guard from Penn. Of course, he's he goes by the his name's Joe, actually. His name's Julius. He goes by Joe. Uh, Chase Kuzma, guard from Dominican or guard from Hanover Central, picked up an offer from Dominican. And uh, Ian Stevens picked up an offer from IU South Bend. That's the forward, 6'6 forward from New Pal. And then Jermaine Coleman. Picked up an offer from Purdue Fort Wayne. He's a six-seven forward from Park Tudor. Our one commit of the week, uh, Clay Butler from Ben Davis, committed to Lincoln, uh, Division Two school. Anything stand out there other than D threes are finally starting to jump in into things and and really getting getting active as they figure out how much money they're going to have for next year. Right. I mean, yeah, that that's really good to see. I, w- I would say probably the biggest thing that stands out to me is Luke Almodovar getting that St. Francis offer. I love that. There's something about that. I, I think that's a really good fit for him. Um, and obviously, St. Francis is a pretty good program and everything. So um, I, w- I, w- I, would, uh, I would highly recommend, you know, seeing that. That that would be my vote for him. Yeah, he's sneaky athletic. It's the, uh, the grandson of Billy Keller. Uh, his mother played basketball and I think volleyball at um, Noblesville. His father was pretty athletic volleyball player. Um, but Luke, obviously, Luke played a little volleyball until he got to high school, and then now he's focused on high or on basketball since he got to high school. Good, good outside shooter. If you've not seen him play, he is he's extremely good off the catch, uh, off the dribble. He's probably going to going to put the ball on the floor a little bit and, and attack the glass pack the paint versus dribble into a shot at least just look I, I i just did a workout this past weekend with some freshmen uh only one of the seven kids we had there could hit shots off the dribble so it is a, it is a skill set into itself they talk about the death of the mid-range game and things like that i i, I just know that percentage wise it is a much lower percentage shot regardless of when it was taken whether it's the good old days or, or last week we've got enough data now to know that it's not a high percentage shot. So a kid like Luke, who is an excellent three-point shooter, but then also understands he has to attack the paint when he puts the ball on the floor because that's just the higher percentage play. Either you get there or you don't. And if you don't, it's usually help, and and then he finds somebody. So uh, he's – but he's an outstanding shooter from the outside. So that's – will be good to see what who else jumps – who else gets involved with Luke. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a playmaker for sure. Easily one of my favorite players to watch at that position. Ian Stevens, talk about one of my favorite players, just kind of a jack-of-all-trades guy. Extremely diverse uh, d- d- diverse defender. He is um, able to guard multiple positions. I- improve sh- improving shooter. Uh, tremendous passer. Can be a little bit of a ball handler for, for new pal. 
You know, I think versus certain matchups, he could actually be a primary ball handler. Maybe not at the college level, but but certainly for them, there's you know if if they're pressured, he can certainly relieve a lot of that pressure because he can handle it versus versus probably most of the people who are going to guard him in a given game. Uh, just and then just one of the better rebounders in the state. You know, now how much of that translates to college at the position he'll play, I, I don't know. But I think he's average. He averaged right around nine rebounds a game this past year for uh, for New Pal, and that's that's nothing to sneeze at. No, it's not. No, you you can't you can't uh, look over that. All right, anything else? Um, I mean, Jermaine Coleman getting another uh, Division One offer. Figured you know yeah. he'd start getting these and everything. You know that's good to see. It's and it's it's great to see. It's also an in-state school, so uh, hopefully that kind of continues a little bit. Yeah, his um, I think we touched on this a couple times ago. His offers this year. This calendar year, Wright State, Valparaiso, St. Thomas, and um, who had just offered, obviously, uh, Jake Davis the other day, and then Purdue-Fort Wayne. So safe to say those four, safe to say those four are, are involved. I think that, um, as I understand it, his previous offers, Evansville, or the, 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 the coaching changes at Evansville and Miami, the offers have been reiterated. So that was one thing. I had promised that I would um, not correct because we we weren't sure, but add that addendum that Evansville and Miami had re-upped their offer with with new coaching staff. So we know most. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Akron. I I gotta believe. I mean, I gotta believe IUPUI for the IUPUI offer is still there because they didn't make it till the school season last year. So he's got a nice stable of of offers at, at good mid-major conferences and and. You know, I don't know what high major interest there is, if if there's any, um, but he's got a lot of good opportunities standing right in front of him. Yeah, though I I think that's a really solid group of schools. I I I haven't heard any of high major interests on my end or anything, but I mean the offers that he's got right there, I mean that's that's a good selection right there. And in those leagues, he can definitely play both forward spots. Yes, yes, absolutely. That'd be interesting if. Uh, St. Thomas could land both uh, Jake Davis and uh, Coleman. That'd be, <laughs> yeah. a, that'd be an interesting package right there. And his uh, his length, you know, I, he him getting switched over onto a center, especially as he gets stronger, uh, that would be uh, that would it would be something that wouldn't um, I I would imagine it wouldn't bother him too badly. Yeah, but I agree. All right. <laughs> Best power forwards and centers in the state of Indiana in the junior class. I mean, between the two mix, between the two groups, right? Centers and power forwards, the obvious number one is, or the, <laughs> the best one's pretty damn obvious, correct? I mean, it's. I mean, it's, yeah. Flory yeah. <laughs> Badunga. Flory Badunga. I mean, we have talked a lot about him on the pod. I mean, especially during last school season, especially the, the, the run they had in March. He's he's no longer a mystery. Uh, he is um, about uh, the the tail end of the summer. He started to get started to rake in high major offers. With um, I don't know. I don't know if there was a conservative approach upon the schools or a conservative approach upon Flory's side. Um, there is a language maybe a little bar- bit of both. Yeah, there's a language barrier, which yeah. which would be the which would be part of the delay on his side, um, and. You know, too, it's, you know, just get a feel for it. I mean, I don't know. I know there's a lot out there on social media from Kokomo people where he is in and among the community. So he's definitely very comfortable. Um, you know, he's definitely very comfortable around, you know, other people, especially that fan base. But but sometimes it doesn't always translate to, to talking to adults, you know, talking to especially, you know, especially people that are calling and, just trying to, you know, you know, I guess I don't know, build a relationship with him. It's 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 not easy. There's a lot of introverted kids out there, yeah. and I I know it's language barrier. Sometimes that can be pretty pretty daunting for for anybody, let alone a kid. Yeah, it was a uh, it was very difficult. Like so, when I do a lot with rivals, I obviously I interview a lot of prospects and stuff. And when I saw um, Flory back in the spring, um, it was very difficult for me to try to get an interview with him. It was yeah. very difficult for anybody within that sense. I, I think that's kind of where they're cut off 
right there at that point. Um, he had a guy that kind of was with him, you know, to make sure nothing really like, you know, and the media wasn't crowding him or anything like that. I and mean, a lot of times the media would get turned away um, if they requested an interview with Flory. But I mean, it's, it's going to be kind of hard to do that moving forward. I think we'll just see um, maybe the national guys, like the rivals, national analysts and 24 seven guys can maybe squeak out an interview and stuff. But right now it's just, it, it's a, it's a hard thing to accomplish on our end. He is, he's still, he, he still mostly scores around the rim. You know, that will be, but, but his motor is, he's got a tremendous motor. And so if you, so if there is a negative, it's that he doesn't, now he can drive, mm-hmm. you know, he, he can, can definitely, he definitely can put the ball on the floor and, and, you know, in space and take, get a straight path to the rim and, and finish. Uh, and I, and I think that's, where his game will progress next mid range catches perhaps involved in short rolls on ball screens. I don't know where that fits into the equation yet. If they run some handoff stuff with him and he keeps it or some give and go stuff with him and they, he keeps it. Um, you know, the evolution of his game offensively will is, you know, is going to be an intriguing an intriguing watch this year. I know last year during their scrimmage, there were a lot of times he decided to rip and run and it did not lead to good things. <laughs> you know, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of turnovers between the, between the free throw lines. Uh, it, they obviously ironed that out and he wasn't doing that during the season, but I, I think earlier, early in the year, I'm sorry, during that scrimmage, I think once they, once they got some stuff on film, it was like, okay, this is not definitely not working this part of it, but it, it was funny oh. to see him doing that. And, He's just so raw. I mean, yeah. I mean, as talented he is, he's just so raw. I mean, there was times this year where, like, you know, he would he'd get a foul called on him and something like that. And I see his Indiana elite teammates trying to teach him, you know, that hey, you can't do this. Like, you yeah. have to do it this way and things like that. So, I mean, that's just going to come with that. And he's so productive at this stage. It's, you know, what is he going to be, you know, as he starts to really develop a feel? I mean, and, and his field defensively is is incredible. I, I, I've everybody's goal is to get him in foul trouble. And it, and really it, it hasn't, or at least down the stretch last year, it didn't happen. You know, you're, I would have loved to have seen Carmel play them would have loved to have seen that. Uh, I, I don't just because the, the different places they had length where Westfield didn't where, you know, where Chesterton didn't and Chesterton obviously figured out a way to muck it up enough to where, um, you know, to, at least keep them within striking distance. And then they did the Kokomo, what Kokomo did to Westfield. They just kind of poured things on late and Kokomo really, you know, we're sort of relitigating this, this, the, the regional or the semi-state game. Um, They, they did to them what Kokomo did to Westfield. And it was, um, <laughs> it was shocking to see that happen because Chesterton was getting nothing done. And then all of a sudden erupted. I still would have loved to have seen Carmel play, and not just from the Carmel standpoint, that's who I cheer for, but just, I mean, I would have loved to have seen, you know, Cathedral play him. You know, yeah. we could we could take it one step further, and I would have loved to see them play Cathedral in a game that really mattered. I mean, as much as we've, as much as some of us watched that game in, in June at the Charlie Hughes event and took some significance to it, uh, there, there was no prepping, no game planning for that game. He was clearly the better player between him and Booker, um, which was the matchup everybody was looking for in the gym that day, or at least in the school that day. Um, but there was no game planning. There was no no scheming. Uh, you know, I think nothing beyond what was discussed maybe in real time. You know, yeah. hey, don't let, you know, Booker being left, you know, hey, Booker's left-handed. That's probably about the extent of the game planning that Kokomo <laughs> did. You know, and and whether that translated to, you know, to any nuanced level for Flory, it remains to be seen, but, but um, I would look forward to seeing them play during the school season. And I'm checking their schedule now. Yeah, they don't play added, each other. Do they play each other this year? I'm checking right now. Kokomo added Carmel this year. Okay, After playing be... them forever. I don't know what, I don't know why they stopped. And I, without looking, I don't know when they, when they stopped. They do not play cathedral this year. Well, let's let's hope they meet up in the playoff in the you know postseason because yeah, I mean that was I remember being very disappointed 
uh, when Kokomo didn't make the state. I, I was dying to see that cathedral matchup. They play Ben Davis. Okay. That's not bad. I mean, that, so that'll be a fun matchup. And Zane and Dowdy's very disciplined. I mean, for, yep. I mean, you know, he's looks like Captain Caveman out there with his hair and the, the cornrows mm-hmm. and, you know, the different ways he puts that up. And it's funny, but he's a highly intelligent kid and, and uh, he's extremely disciplined in the paint. And, and, you know, he's, you know, offensively, he's, I mean, he's a see ball, get ball guy. And that's the kind of player that, that Flory is too. So it'd be, it'd be great yeah. watching those two guys battle against each other. They got Carmel on December 17th. Uh, then they've got Ben Davis before that on December third at the the tip off or no the coaches versus cancer deal at Brownsburg that'll be that's going to be a must watch. Yeah, I mean you reading off these games already is getting me pretty uh, excited for high school season. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, I check it's every so, it's, it's so far I check away, every though. day. I check every day <laughs> to see which which teams have new schedules. <laughs> I, I tried to stay away from it, like, right now, just, just because I, I, I tend to focus on John Harrell and stuff maybe a month out and everything. Right. But right now, I'll just get too excited if I start looking at stuff. You know, so. It's funny. I got to give Harrell credit. I have a scheduling system ready to go. I can take schedules. I can take scores pretty easily. The question is, is I don't know. I don't want to be sitting, in a, sitting somewhere taking scores on that. I want to be going to games. I don't know mm-hmm. how he does it. I, you know, I, I guess at some point, at some point, somebody's going to have to do it. Yeah, that's that's the Bible. That is. The, I mean, he, uh, I mean, he might out, he might outlive us, but he ain't going to live forever. Knock on, no, knock I on, mean, knock on wood. Yeah, um, it'd be great if he did. So. <laughs> well, that's a joke. Yeah, my grandmother. It's a joke. We, I, I'm obviously kidding. My grandmother was a hundred. She turned a hundred in August. My uncle lived with her, and he's in his early seventies. And like, uh, there's a good chance she's going to outlive him. So. <laughs> um, knock on wood. So, um, all right, who's next? I mean, I got my view. I guess sticking to the center position. You want to stick solely at centers, or yeah, just yeah, just stick centers there. I mean, to me, it's Tucker Day, right? Yep, yeah, I was gonna say that. You know, honestly, we've only got like four centers ranked. I've I've got. I've got three just solely centers. I've got three names listed right who's now. Your th- who's your third name? Josiah Gustin. Oh, you got him at center. See, I don't have him at center. Okay. That's where we have him in our database. So you just got yeah, he's not he's not a center. In fact, he more, was more power forward. He was well, yeah, he and he's pushing his game out to to you know, to the wing. And it's it's getting there. He definitely can shoot it. He definitely can shoot it. That 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 part is that's definitely a part of his game, and he can finish. Uh, he's got to tighten up his handle, especially if he's going to try and if he's going to try and score and and you know and tight you know through tight spaces. Yeah, uh, I mean he's obviously fantastic in open space, and but I I like his, the tra- the projector or the trajectory of his his jump shot. He's good in there. He's a he's a nice looking shooter from that distance. Uh, you know he's. Um, I think he's. I think he's got to rebound more. I think he's. I think he's got to be a bigger presence on the offensive glass. And um, you know that that'll be something. Of course, at Pendleton, he's. You know, he's it. He's got to guard the other teams big. You know, he's. And I and I know they they plan on. I know they used him last year. Out on the floor, they didn't just post him up. But I I know also the trade off there is he has to rebound, and that's. Early in the year last year, that was that would that would get him off the floor, especially the game I one of the games I went to. Um, but then when he came back in, it was you know they they would do things for him, and he was more active and and they um, they they, won, they ended up winning that game. They beat Greenfield. It was him and Dunham in the second half. It was Dunham the whole game. Yeah. But but then once once Gustin got back on the floor and he was a little bit more more um, engaged in the glass, started to make a difference because Greenfield did not shoot the ball that well and they weren't getting a whole lot of second chances. Yeah, and yeah, and I just I really like his length, you know, his yes. athletic yep. ability and stuff. And that, you know, I think he projects to be a really good defender. Um, and he's he's made a lot of improvements to his game so far. So I mean, I think by the end of it, he'll be one of the better 
you know, better bigs in the 2024 class if he just keeps improving um, in those areas that you mentioned. A couple of other names I've got. I mean, these are guys that are going to contribute to varsity level. I mean, Evan Lawrence is going to be a factor for Danville. Uh, Brandon Lattimore is going to get a lot of varsity minutes this year for Brownsburg. Um, I think Nick Glover is going to get opportunities at Warren. You know, although they the, the freshman played um, – I mean, oh, God damn, why did they do that? Um you know, they, they, they had the freshman last year that played a lot who will probably still get – who will definitely get a lot of minutes <laughs> as, as a sophomore. But um, – and then another name I, I kind of intrigued by, although he did strictly a JV kid last year, Nehemiah Dangerfield from Bloomington North, um, and, and see if he can make a dent in their rotation and, and provide a little bit of uh, – a little bit of size relief for, for JQ. You know, it would be nice if he can have – kind of have a partner in crime up front, especially especially in March when it's when you know if they, should they get a chance to get through or get to the semi state and they're gonna have to play somebody from Indianapolis more than likely. And it's gonna JQ's gonna need some help physically. And Dan, yeah. I mean, Dangerfield physically can at least fit that profile. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I I'm I mean this is kind of a side topic, but I'm really curious to see what this Bloomington North team is next year. Um, I think there's a, quite a few mysteries with that, considering they lost a few guys and everything. But, I mean, JQ's going to be set up for, you know, he's going to be a stat stuffer for sure. Yeah, and, you know, usually, why is that not working? Oh, maybe I don't have them tagged. We got, I've got to, my tags aren't working all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why that wouldn't work. I, to, I guess I have to figure that out. That, you know, I need... I get bored. I need some coding challenges. So now I got to figure out why the tag's not working, but <laughs> it worked last week. No, no, it's not working now. Okay. Well, I'll figure it out. Um, anybody else, anybody that, that any names you had that I didn't touch on? Well, we, we kind of skipped over Tucker day a little bit. I thought it would be, that's nice true. We did. Know. Yeah. Go for kinda, it. Yeah. Kind of talk about him. I mean, incredible stuff. Talk that soft touch around the rim. I can't talk. Um, plays inside mostly. Um, does have a you know a capable mid range jumper. I would say he runs the floor really well. Um, you know I think he he missed a little bit of spring. I didn't watch any of him in the summer. I think he missed a little bit of spring due to injury. I think he was playing for Ohio Buckets if I can mm-hmm. remember correctly. But you know as far you know he's been at Homestead for two years now. Um, I think this is the year you'll he'll see a lot more minutes at the varsity level. Um, and stuff. I mean he'll probably be you know there's their number one rim protector, um, you know, he'll be a great rebounder, but he's a very intriguing prospect. I, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, he's got the height and everything. I'm curious to see if he can maybe crack that little major division one level. Um, obviously he would have to, you know, have an excellent next two years in order to do that. He will be, I, I would gather that he will be like, obviously they still have the younger leaper, Grant leaper. Mm-hmm. Who, I, who I thought was tremendous for them defensively. Everything he does offensively is is generated off of his own hustle, rebounding, uh, secondary catches, you know, opportunities off ball screen action, anything like that. And and the the rebounding part of it is is big because Leaper's really good at it. And I think Tucker will will be a guy that will have to show that he can rebound. You know that he will that he can especially be nice if he you know show some stuff on the offensive glass. He just didn't get much of a chance last year. It's like you said, he will get a lot of minutes this year. I I do think that he will be, that he will have opportunities to get some, have some of the offense scripted around him because he does have a pretty good feel around the paint. Um, he, he can shoot an open jump shot if he gets it. I don't know how far his range is just yet. I haven't seen the three-point line at all. Neither have uh, I. Even in the summers. And it's... um but he is he is pretty good around the basket and you know i think that those two guys they're going to obviously have a different look at homestead you know they're going to definitely have a different look at homestead having lawyer for 2 years and and you know before that they had goody for for 3 years on his own and one year with lawyer so they're going to have to find i know they they had some ups and downs in june and so they're going to have to find some uh, offensive firepower from the perimeter, but size wise, they, they got it figured out. They've got day and they've got grant leaper, the younger leaper. 
Uh, any any other? Yeah, we did skip over today. That was not my intention. We went straight to Gustin. Yeah, any, I wanted any, to make uh, sure we talked about him. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, no. Um, as far as centers, I mean, the guys that you listed, um, I think that's you know, I think that's about it on my end as far as those guys. Um, there's just you know a very small number of true centers in the 2024 class. And that's why the top AAU teams have kids from out of state. Right. Who are, who are big kids. Right. Indiana Lee. Indiana Lee. Kyle yeah. Guy, our top our top 17-year-old teams got two kids from Michigan. Um you know, it's um you know, there's there's not a ton of size. There's not a ton of size here. There's not. Yeah, and that that's very important to know. That's kind of the common theme of the 2024 class, not a lot of size. So here's a so here's a question for you then. Where's Tucker Tornado? And is power forward? You got a power forward or center? Right now, I have him at center. Okay. So he definitely. So he definitely needs to be. He definitely needs to be in that top three. Yes. Yes, I I agree with that. And um, I've got it. I've got him. At, I also have him at power forward. Okay. But I mean, yeah, with his ability to stretch the floor a little bit, I mean, obviously you and I both agree we haven't seen his range, you know, how far his range is. But I mean, I have seen a really smooth, capable 15 footer, especially when he's open and, you know, in pick and pop situations. I mean, he can knock that down from what I have seen. He pulled up a couple times in transition in the summer and was like, eh. <laughs> really? Eh. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know he had, I didn't know he could do that or I, attempt to do that. <laughs> well, he's a very confident young man. And nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And he is he is the best rebounder outside of Badunga in, in the state. I'm I'm convinced of that. He is he has a he has great understanding for positioning. Uh I, I think he's actually a pretty good passer. I think you can run some offense through him. And and I think he understands that he has to stretch his game out if he wants to play at the level that he wants to play at. But the rest is rest of his stuff he's got figured out especially especially size i mean especially you know things the bigs he's he's a good defender on the paint he does have to improve away from the paint he like i say he rebounds on both ends he figures out ways to get to get you know to chuck his man out of the way <laughs> i've coached a couple guys like that in the past brandon mays from centerville and from class of 2005 and ben anderson from benton central in class in 1996 Every now and then, you'd see him. They'd get a rebound. Somebody end up end up on the floor, and there would be no call from the official. <laughs> and you knew somewhere. Of course, back then we we weren't recording every game. You knew somewhere somebody got shoved, and we knew exactly who did it. And it was uh, you know those those two guys were a lot like that. Tornado Tornado is a lot like that. You look up, and he comes away somehow through all the traffic and all the muck, gets the ball, and somebody ends up on the ground, and it's not him. <laughs> It's a different era back then. But, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I yeah, I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that. It's not nothing a foul. Wrong. That's my not a foul. If they don't call it right. Yeah, not a foul. I love that physical style of basketball. Uh, let's see, who do we put? So, Justin Sims. I've got him. Not yeah, that we're going to initially go too. in order. I've got him atop my power forward list, and 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 I think the question will be is, look, athletically, I think he could be a wing. Uh, the, the the question will be is, how does his offensive side progress? He's not super aggressive on that end from the times I've seen. I mean, I watched him a lot in the the Indiana Elite twenty twenty four team. I um, right. watched him a lot, you know, from IU recruiting standpoints and things like that. I mean. There was just times where I just did not feel he was as aggressive as what he needed to be coming off the bench. Right. Well, and sometimes that can be, look, if you're the, if you're the third or fourth option, no matter what rotation you're put in that, you know, some kids can have a hard time getting through that at, at Chesterton this year, it's going to be him and Tyler Parrish though. You know, those two guys are going to be the the key, the, the key offensive options. Not that they won't have other people who can score, but they're going to replace they're going to have to get increased production from them to replace what Grayson did and what, what Grayson takes with him through graduation. Uh, you know, and I don't know. Um, 
Parrish is obviously a, a tremendous outside shooter. We talked about him during the shooting guard episode. Um, and and Sims has a great motor around the paint. You know, he had his struggles against Badunga. He had his struggles against Cathedral. But both those guys, both those teams were able to put out a high major size. You know, and that's, um, you know, and, and that's and that's why I think he's a power forward. You know, I, he's not. He has to start at center for Chesterton because that's what he's just their their best option there. And defensively, while while peace while any coach can move a kid around offensively, defensively he's you know even in his own even if in zone concepts he's the probably the guy on Badunga's back. You know he's the guy on who's going to be on Booker's back to try to you know muscle him around to make things difficult. Uh, but defensively, he can guard away from the paint. I mean, offensively, I think he's he's capable of, of driving and finishing, especially, you know, especially if he gets a mid-range catch where he can fit, square his man up and and you know do some sort of you know get some sort of step through or you know and then you know then get him on his hip and finish, uh, you know. But um, yeah, the the extension of his game offensively is going to dictate a lot of his recruiting. I mean, that's you know we could say that about a lot of these kids. Absolutely. Who do you want to talk about? So I have a I have him listed as a power forward. I kind of bounce around in my head with it. Brandon Braden Walters from Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Do you I, have do him as listed? I do too. Okay. I do too. Yeah. I mean he's he's an incredible versatile player. I mean he's he not is. the flashiest he's not the flashiest player in the world, but I mean he can he can legit play one through four, in my mm-hmm. opinion, from what I've seen from him. I mean, there's times where he initiates the offense on Linton. Um he, and he initiates it a, it a ton. He, yeah. he initiates it a ton. Yeah, and he, I mean he's under he's undersized at the uh at the power forward spot a little bit. I mean only at six five. I mean I me personally I like my power forwards to be a little bit bigger than that, but I mean just his versatility on both ends is you know great. I mean he, he he's a really good scorer as well. Um I haven't seen a whole lot of his outside game, but I mean, like I said, as far as his versatility, I mean he's an incredibly intriguing player. If I had a dollar for every time Coach Hart said he needed Braden to be a little bit more aggressive offensively, I'd be a rich man. <laughs> um, you know, he has no problem taking a backseat to his older teammates. But Not at all. You know, there's times, too, when it has to be an inherent part of what he does because a lot of teams can play him to not score. And he is he is not or has not been a – willing three-point shooter and there's probably times where he is and i don't know if he's you know what he looks like in practice when they're getting up shots you know when they're when they're working on their shooting but i know he's not been a willing three-point shooter so if teams can play him like that that does make that matchup a little bit easier they don't have to necessarily you know they don't necessarily have to match him up with their obviously their best defender is going to be on joey hart but you know what's interesting is between him and Logan Webb, they they easily invert. You you really can't put a big man on on Walters because unless you've got multiples, because he handles it too well. Uh, even initiating the offense, and then they've got Logan Webb, who is is a nice little matchup issue in, in the low post. Even though none of us would probably consider him a low post player, uh, he still he still thrives in there for Linton and they get, they pick up probably two or three cheap baskets a game, you know, diving web in and Walters is usually the guy delivering that pass uh, because <laughs> Hart gets it. It's going up. And if yeah. Hart gets it, it, it should go up. Absolutely. It should. And, I in mean, fairness, I, in fairness. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who exactly on this Linton team who's take the quote unquote, the, you know, the point guard. Oh, it's Braden. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 just kind of. I mean, he's a point forward. What can I say? I mean, he's the definition of what that is. Um, he's just very intriguing. If if Joey brings it up, it's they've got something set up for him. Yeah, that's that's usually how that goes. Um, and and that's you know should be. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. But I I do think they feel like they've got a couple of younger pieces that can help them this year. But Wal- I think Walters is going to have to really, I think Walters is going to have to really be, you know, uh, an off a more of a, a more consistent offensive cog for him, and not just a distributor. 
and not just a guy. I mean, and defensively, he guards anybody at the high school level. Now, again, talking 2A basketball, we're talking small schools, southwest part of the state. He definitely guards anybody in the, in the, on their schedule, pri- you know, primarily on their schedule. Um, would he be able to guard anybody at the 4A level? There'd be some struggles. Um, but, you know, it'd be the obvious ones that anybody would struggle with. We talked about Gustin. Yeah. I like him. I mean, I like him up here in this this area of, of names. Nash Wagner at Zionsville is a kid that I know is going to get a lot of – he's going to get increased varsity activity this year. You know, he could have played more last year, I thought. Uh, but, you know, not, not at practice. You know, and that's kind of one of those deals where – you know they they did have some they did have some couple of seniors that played that could shoot and provide space for for Rick Hart and and Imes, but I think Wagner's going to get a lot more minutes this year. I I do think he's primarily a baseball player. I, I want to say base, I want to say baseball like basketball is not his going to be his primary sport or the or the sport that maybe he plays in college, but um, you know he is. Um, He's definitely a, got a great motor, and they're they're going to play some younger guys too. They're going to play a couple of those freshmen last year that were up on JV. They're going to play a couple of those kids as sophomores, and so it's going to be Imes and Rickhart, and they can get Edward Thomas healthy. Uh, they'll they'll need to find some shooting. They'll need to find some shooting, for sure, and and that might be Mitchell McGuire, the sophomore. He can he definitely can provide some outside cover. But I also think that Nash Wagner is going to be a kid that, that gets a lot of minutes up front with with Ricard. Yeah, I haven't seen much of him. Um, he's on in my list of the 2024s that I, I need to watch a little bit more of. So, but what you said intrigues me a ton. Any uh, any any other name you want to add? That I mean, I've got some uh, kids that I'm going to throw out there that are. You know, you mentioned. Well, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna. I was actually gonna bring up uh, Seth Laravia, um, Westfield. Think, yeah. Yes. Um, Jake's brother, right? Yep, his little brother. So, uh, um, but yeah, he's he had a really good summer. Um, I think he played for D one Indiana, if I can remember correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, he's really skilled. He's got some good size. Stretched the floor a little bit. Um, he's got some footwork. Probably needs to add some more muscle in his frame in order to take his game to that next level. Um, especially around the rim, but I mean, he's a he's a guy that's been you know a slow stock riser in our uh, in our uh, in our state. So I mean, he can put up a lot of points, um, especially down in the in the uh, in the low paint. Um. All right, you talked last week about Sheldon Gatlin. Oh, yes. it, yeah. the, the move to, he's at Cathedral now, so the move to Cathedral is, is intriguing. I don't know. I mean, look, let's face it. We, we could talk all day about ITSA rules and moving for athletic reasons and things like that. I mean, it's like a lot of times, most times these kids are moving to get more, to get a different opportunity. And he was going to be probably get a majority of his minutes on the JV level at Carmel. I don't imagine that changing at Cathedral. I don't. I don't know who. I, I can't think of Cathedral's lineup. I mean, obviously Booker at that level and well, Booker whatever, Davis, but Booker Davis and Tibbs and yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the front court rotation, what that would look like. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't know who would who backs up Booker in that situation or not. So well, I mean, I think they go small at that point. Yeah. You know, depending on how who how they handle their back court. I mean, they've. Obviously, they've got Kamari Slaughter there, who's going to more likely be a starter, and they'll have one of the sophomores, LeBron Go, or or um, the uh, can you know Derek Kennedy. One of those two guys will, well, both will get a lot of minutes. One of them will probably start. Uh, you know, so yeah, I, I don't know. That was that was a curious one. I would have thought because I think when he was coming up, there was a possibility that he would go to Park Tudor. You know, there's always possibility that. You know, a kid like that could end up at university or Garen, uh, which a kid I'm going to name here in a minute was a kid that transferred from Carmel to Garen. Uh, so that's yeah, it was it was an interesting move. I know we touched on it last week. 
Um, I, I think, if, you know, I, you know, it's, he's got to get stronger if he's going to, yeah. you know, and he probably views himself as Sheldon's a good kid. He probably views himself more as a wing. I would say that he does. I'm sure a lot of these kids do, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, any kid does, right? Any kid. A lot of a lot of these kids think they're wings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of it look a lot of it is defensively who they can guard. And uh, I, I do like what he's I do like his progression. And look, he does have a lot of length. A lot of the things you said about him last week, you know, is staying true. He's he's got a, he's long, he's improving his perimeter skill, he can shoot. Uh he it needs to get his release needs to get quicker. I think a lot of his issues are the are defensive focus, uh, especially in the half court. Uh, but you know, a lot of that is that you know, Carmel, you kind of, kind of wait your turn a little bit. Yeah. Although and I would have. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say he could be a guy where you know maybe he starts off a little bit more JV and just get kind of where he improves throughout the season. Maybe he does crack the varsity rotation towards the end of the year. But I mean, he he could certainly fit that bill. Um, just depending on what happens. And in his class at Carmel, there is a little bit more of a log jam. Well, but it, it's kind of emptied out a little bit because he moved to Cathedral. And then another guy I want to talk about, Dylan Moran's moved, transferred to Garen Catholic. And, you know, Dylan is going to be interesting. His father played at Southern Illinois or played at Southwest Missouri State when it was still Southwest Missouri State, played for Alford over there. Dylan's six, seven forward, kind of, kind of more of a slasher, improving shooter. And a kid that, you know, when in, in space, he's outstanding. And, and in the half court, he struggled a little bit last year at the beginning of the year for the JV for the JV team at Carmel. But then by the end of the year, he was playing a lot. And I, I was a little I was a little surprised that him and and, um, you know, that him and, and Gatlin, really none of those juniors were part junior forwards were part of the, the varsity, the, the top varsity rotation. Carmel does kind of handle it a little differently. Cathedral is probably the same way, but they got like their top eight guys or one group, then their next eight guys or another. Uh, sometimes they do their top five as one group, their next five is another, and then they fill in with three other kids on each team. Uh, but, you know, Carmel also has Owen Huber and, and the younger Malloy boy, John Michael's little brother. Both those guys are forwards who, you know, we'll we'll benefit from the from Gatlin and Dylan and Moran's moving, but Moran's at Garen will be should be slated to be very productive. You know, a lot of length and, and a lot of um, a lot of length that will be a benefit on both ends of the floor. He's, he's still more of a slasher than a shooter, but like I said earlier, he's he's improving his shot. Yeah. Anyone else? Um. Uh, we talked about him a little bit last uh, last episode um, on the top two fifty, but uh, I'm a big Mason Harvey fan. Yeah, um, excellent, pro- excellent shooter. Holy cow! Probably, probably the, the the best shooter of the bunch. Yeah, I was gonna say best true stretch four. Um, mm-hmm. I would say all the bunch. I mean, yeah, just can light it up. I mean, he's got an incredibly smooth shot. Um, I know we talked a little bit last week. His footwork could probably use a little bit more improvement. Um, with that, but I mean, as far as shooting and you know, just scoring wise, I mean, he's he's at the top of the list right there with them. Yeah, defensively, he's going to have to get quicker. He's going to really have to improve his feet, and that's you know, and I don't know, I don't, I don't know how easy I don't know how easy that is sometimes. <laughs> For his size too, I mean, it's going to be a lot of work. Really slow feet, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple names to touch on Wyatt Zellers, who's still at Scottsburg. Seems like everybody else transferred out. That's not true. Um, <laughs> still not sure why those two kids transferred to Black to Brownstown, but they did. Wyatt Zellers, six six Scottsburg kid, can really shoot it from the outside. Um, and then who else do I want? To, who else kind of stand out in my mind? I I think that's it on my end. I mean, Jeffrey Williams at Harrison will probably – he's his older brother played there, graduated there in the class of 2021. He's he's kind of like a little enforcer up there with some of the guards they've got. Not that not that Ben Henderson needs anybody sticking up for him, but <laughs> but he's, he's an aggressive kid and a, and a pretty effective rebound at the high school level. And then, like you said earlier – 
Bloomington North, another name that might provide some uh, some varsity minutes, Aiden Steinfeld. Oh, crap. And th here's a name that should have been more of the three. I, 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 I did mess this up last week. Hunter Walston at Noblesville. Okay. Yeah. Kind of forgot about him. Yeah. And that's my fault. Um, he literally, as we went from week to week, we bumped him from the power forward list to the small forward list. So <laughs> I'm looking down at like my post-it note for positional changes that I made in the database this past week. And he's one of them. So, so probably should have talked about Hunter last week in the small forward category. And Noblesville, he's, he goes through the same thing that Preston Roberts does. They're the two tallest guys in the program. So they, they draw the biggest assignments or at least the, the, the physically biggest assignments. And uh, again, another kid who's improving his perimeter skill, improving his, his improving his shot, improving his feel. He was a kid last year, beginning of the year, was getting as a sophomore, was getting most of his minutes on JV. He started to get some some I don't know what what I would use, some rotation some like niche rotation minutes at the varsity level, uh, starting up at the beginning of December. And by the end of December, by the end of December, he was definitely the first guy off the bench. He started some games. They had a couple of injuries, and I think by the end of the year, he was basically supplanted. Um, he, he basically supplanted Carnes in a starting lineup, um, and you know it was you know they they effectively played five perimeter players. So Hunter Walston is a kid that um, you look for him to have, you know, look for him to to really step up and be part of kind of like a four horse race four four very capable offensive players. We talked about Amadova earlier with his offer from St. Francis. We've touched on Preston Roberts before. Um, and then obviously Aaron fine, their starting point guard uh, Hunter is going to be part of that four, four guy, four player attack offensively. You can look for those four guys to be consistently producing the offense for Noblesville. Yeah. Well, we done. I've got one more guy that I, I want to mention, and he just he really impressed me this summer. Um, Go for it. Andy Sp Andy Spolman from Alina Christian. Um, okay, I remember I, I yeah remember you top, and I watching top, it. Yeah, the top one hundred. He was really good. <laughs> yeah, no, he was. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's really just came out of I mean, honestly nowhere a little bit. I mean, incredibly versatile. Um, I mean, plays off the ball really well. Um, with line drives, cutting off, cutting to the ball. Um cutting off the ball to the basket, you know, mixes up in the paint a little bit, probably needs to improve his, um, his outside shooting or his jumper in general a little bit. But I mean, he's an incredibly athlete and he's, he's a guy to watch out, you know, as far as breakout players, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. They had, they had a really good year last year. They should be poised to repeat that year. Should they not? I, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, especially because I mean, just seeing what Andy can do. Weren't they all underclassmen? I mean, at least I believe so. Primarily, yeah. Box Out Sports is the leading online graphics solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. And thank you, everybody, for listening to Pod Courtside Indiana podcast. If you listen every week, we appreciate it. If not, please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate a rating and review, and you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter and Instagram at Courtside IND. That's Courtside IND. Again, we do take uh, topic requests. We will probably um, move into 2025, if not next week, then the week after. And we are getting real close to the Metro Indie Basketball Fall League that's coming up at the uh, in October. Open registration for that is through October 28th or September 28th, excuse me, September 28th. And you can find out that's at Noblesville Boys and Girls Club this year. And you can find out more information about the Metro Indy Fall League at MetroIndyBasketball.com, where we all have four weeks of talking about that built in, <laughs> built in content. Love it. Kyler's going to be part of that this year, which I appreciate. And we get to November, then we'll be into the previews and we'll start dragging Zach's butt back on here. <laughs> Although he wasn't part of the previews last year. He he his family situation, and this is there's nothing wrong with this at all, especially the way we're set up. 
he is um he does stick pretty close to home as far as north north side of the state. I mean, he he goes state line to state line, Illinois to Ohio, but but pretty much everything is is north of north of whatever parallel somewhere between north of 30 and 24. He kind of yeah. kind of cuts that swath out and that's his territory and and uh he does a good job of getting the games, but anything south of that man it might as well be uh occasional trip to Kokomo. But anything <laughs> south of 24 or 30 and how those two roads intersect each other is pretty much Greek to him. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, it's it's good that we have somebody like that in our like, oh, yeah. media circle and stuff to do that. I mean, because it's hard for me a lot of times to go up north. Um, I mean, I when I first started, I was mostly southern Indiana and stuff, and now I'm more of you know the central Indianapolis area. And then you know I go down south quite a bit for the weekend games and things like that. So, but I'm, I'm glad we've got a northern guy and uh, in our group. I go all over. <laughs> I mean, but you when do it I. All. But when I travel, well, but yeah, in fairness, though, when I travel, I travel to see the kids everybody already knows about. Right. You know, I'm not up there. I'm not driving that far to watch, unless it's somebody that everybody needs to know about. You know, Zach's picking the best games, you know, and sometimes the best games are, aren't are necessarily guys that from a recruiting standpoint or, or from an exposure standpoint that people people know much about. and. And as the season progresses and we get teams that step up, you know, he's, you know, he's usually getting to that game, but all right, man, where are you going to be this week? So um, not a whole lot of, as far as high school and state stuff going on. I got mostly IU stuff. We've got a, uh, on Thursday, I will be at cook hall. We have a uh, women's men's and women's uh, media day scheduled. Yeah. So I will be there. Um, and covering that, but we'll have a ton of content from that. We'll have Mike Woodson's presser. We'll have um, some articles based on what, you know, kind of what went down. I think there's a round table for each player. So uh, that I'll get a chance to try to talk, talk to them, you know, one-on-one a little bit. Um, but we'll have a ton of content towards the end of the week as far as the basketball and stuff. And obviously, you know, rivals, there's a lot of football going on right now. So All right. that's um, at the, the Hoosier.com, correct? Yeah, the Hoosier.com that you can get all the information as far as recruiting, you know, football and basketball. We've got a bunch of content there. The Colts are 0 1 and 1. They're dismal. Notre <laughs> Dame is Notre Dame is one and two. Purdue is one and two. And your Indiana Hoosiers are three and oh. Yeah, they they've had to uh <laughs> I don't know, it's just like it it's a three and oh, but it's also like a Man, they really had to squeak a lot of those games out. All three of them. All really. of them. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, the Cincinnati game, you know, as a fan, when I look at it, I mean, the Cincinnati game coming up, it's going to be, I think it's going to be easily their toughest test. I don't I don't know how well they're going to do there. But, I mean, uh, honestly, there wasn't a whole lot to expect from this IU team. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people had them at 3-0 and um, no. when the season started. So Well, yeah, beating Illinois was, was the key there, but. Yes. And it's nice. It's nice to be one of those in your conference play, especially when you, you open the year with a conference game. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I know their recruiting has gone very well, but you know those dudes don't make an impact usually right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and if they are, you're probably <laughs> you're probably in trouble. Yeah. Uh, or you or you or you are what you know you are what you are. I mean, Indiana's pulled in some of the best recruiting classes they've had the last two years, and you know hopefully that pays off. Be nice if that could pay off this year. I, I kind of have my doubt, uh, but it would, but certainly something to look forward to paying off down the road, right? And and Tom Allen, you know, he is uh, he said they haven't even played their best football yet, which is easily true. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they're three you games hope, away from every coach eligible. says, every coach says that, of course, it's easier when you're three and oh, right? What, what did Frank Reich, <laughs> Frank Reich said something today during their press conference that. <laughs> They're the they're closer to where they want to be than what people think. I'm like, really? Like we're already saying that, like the second week of the season. Like, I don't yeah, know. Losing... And then I think he also he also said uh he said last week was the most intense practice that they had. So it's just like I don't know, it didn't really show on the game. So I mean if they would have had a if that would have been a close game against Jacksonville, played without Leonard, played without Pittman, then maybe you could say we're closer to where we need to be than what people think we are. I don't know that I would say something like that. You it just it, okay? May, let's let's pretend it's true. 
through their through their much more experienced and certainly keen observation of the football. I, I'm not sure I would have said it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't be a, hey, we're back at the drawing board, but I'd be like, we're doing some soul searching. We're we're gonna quit. Uh, I don't know. All right. No more Colts. Yeah. Kyler, <laughs> appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. It's always fun. We got two months. We're recording this Monday night. Monday night football has already started because there's two games, so it's time to get out of here and and turn the volume up on this TV. Absolutely. All right, man. Thanks. All right.